Are you the quantum mechanics? Yes, we are the quantum mechanics, the podcast that tinkers under the hood of the paranormal and um, generally tries to work out what's going on. It's a bit of an unusual episode today because Peter and I are, for the first part of this, recording separately. You will possibly remember, if you've listened to that episode and if you haven't, go back and find it. We spoke to a eminent UK-based remote viewer who has written a whole load of books on the subject and practices it. And after interviewing him and Peter and I doing our own little experiment between each other to see if we could do any of the tasks that are described in all the plethora of documents about the topic and having a modicum of success, Daz has assigned us a professional starter target to have a go at. So that's what we're going to do. The only thing that I know is that this num- that this uh, target has a number assigned to it, 0003-1471. And the idea is that I need to sketch down some of the key uh identifiers of that target so smell touch taste color uh feeling uh mood that kind of thing without necessarily having to identify the target itself it could be anywhere in the world and so i'm sitting here 24 hours ahead of recording the rest of this show with peter and daz as a guest to mark my homework and I am finding myself wondering where to start. And so I think I'm just going to start by making marks on this paper. This audio recording that I'm doing now as I'm doing this is going to need to be shorter than how it plays out in real life because it's going to be very, very dull for you listening to everything that I am saying and talking to myself as I put some of these notes down. But to set the scene, I have this blank piece of paper. I have this number from Daz. I'm in a very quiet room at the back of my house. I've got gentle lighting on. My dog is snoring next to me. And I'm going to try to do whatever is necessary to see if I can make something out of this target. And and inside... I, it's really hard. The whole thing about this is you're supposed to uh, go for the signal and not the noise because the noise is your intellect and your, I suppose, ego coming through and saying, oh, no, that can't be right or this, this must be true. And the two things that I'm really battling with in this first instance is... Of course, I really want to impress Daz, which is a ridiculous thing because this isn't a judgmental thing. This is like a scientific thing. But of course, I want to uh, remote view this accurately. But I think the chances of me getting it accurate are pretty slim, seeing as um, I'm very new to this and there's a whole training program which people would normally go through if they were going to be a remote viewer. And the other curious thing, as soon as I noted down the code that Daz gave me, 
I realised that the numbers 1471 are familiar to me because in the UK, back when we all had landlines, 1471 is what you type into the keypad to find out who last phoned you. And so I need to, first of all, put aside all notions of telephony and stuff and just let that raw target number do whatever it does in the universe to deliver me a picture of whatever it is I'm supposed to be looking at. So I'm going to take a big glug of this water and you will join me for a few parts of my journey on this. But God love you. I won't bore you to death, I promise. So something... I've been letting the notion of this experiment seep through my brain for a little while now and something that keeps coming to me whenever I think about it and I've just I'm a terrible drawer I really am but that isn't that doesn't matter I've drawn a crisscross pattern and I do feel very strongly <clears throat> that there are white tiles they're white squares of material, some kind of hard material. And I feel like they go through almost extremes of temperature. So I started drawing some lines. As I drew them, I did them in diminishing sizes. And I've got something which crudely resembles a Wi-Fi symbol. And then I got this feeling of blue sky and water. But there's something important about this. I feel like it isn't just, I don't know, a monument or a building where the noises within it and around it are inconsequential. You know what I mean? Like if it was a an office building, you know, even if it was a very spectacular office building, but it housed an insurance company, you wouldn't say that. It would be... You know, th those are inconsequential conversations, really. This feels like there's something grander going on. The structure just keeps coming into my mind as almost church-like, cathedral-like. And I feel like there's there's a big, big part of the building and then a smaller part of the building. This, this isn't something that somebody entered into lightly. There's emotion locked up in in whatever this structure is from the person who conceived it. And it feels like there was an air of surprise that this ever happened, that they got this built. I just felt compelled to draw something that looks like a grand cathedral. And it seems like it's an unconventional one. And it feels like there is a a tall window at its highest point, which is a cross or other, some other religious symbol. For some reason, I'm not convinced it's a cross. I'm not convinced that this is a... I know, I'm not even convinced this is a religious building. It's just that notion 
I get, I keep thinking smooth stone or tiles, a crisscross pattern, wood, the taste of wood. You know what I mean? The taste of wood. That's sort of when you go into maybe an old cathedral or something and you can almost taste the varnish and the age of the wood in your mouth as you breathe in there. And there's something airy about the place. It feels like this is a place of celebration. So whether that's a religious worship or a performance, and it feels like it's a light-coloured building, like whiter, whiter than just stone. Only I could see around this wall that feels close, I'd be able to see the whole thing. It's almost like I could, it's almost like being in the shadow and not being able to peek around to have a look at the streaming light. And that is intensely frustrating because it gives me the sense that this is possible. And like I keep saying, that might well be my own mind making those things up but it doesn't feel like it at this moment in my in my incredibly quiet yet dog snorey room whether it belongs to this building i don't know i feel like i can see c behind it but it might be a different water feature and it might just be the land all i can say is this is and and these images will be in the social media notes. It feels like a large building with with one part much higher than the others. It feels like it has a large wooden echoey area in the middle, um, but perhaps designed for acoustics. Something legally or culturally important happens in here and it's done with words so i feel like it's a a church the sydney opera house the taj mahal it's something along those lines i wish i could get closer to it wish i could i wish i could feel it like in my in my mind it is somewhere between it, you know it could because of the images that i'm getting in the design like the sub kind of slopey curved thing on top of a square thing uh and it's tall and with all those other elements it could be you know, it could be something like the White House. It's that sort of thing where, in my mind, what I can't yet do is work out where the the, the signal from the noise. And it's, it's like a big church with a, a tower, something like the White House or the Taj Mahal or the Sydney Opera House. It's something... Something very much along those lines. 
Whoa. And now I think I've exhausted everything I can do. I am going to take photos of this, send them off to Daz, and then I'll find out live tomorrow how close I was. Uh, gosh, this is like handing in your homework when you weren't really sure about algebra in year nine. Okay, guys. Um, next time you hear from me, It'll be with Peter and Daz. So uh, I'm going to record myself during this process of drawing out whatever this target may be and my thoughts around it and just what I'm going through. Um, so these bits are going to be edited down, obviously, because we don't want to just sit here with dead air for a long time, but uh, we'll edit this down into something. Okay, so here we go. Um Daz sent an email to Ben and I. Uh, it was a while ago now. It, uh, it was back in August, so this was this was a few months ago. Uh, I'll read out exactly what he said. Uh, he said, uh, so it started off with him saying, Hi guys, how about you guys trying a remote viewing target? I said I'd set for you and then uh, I'll mark it for accuracy. Both Ben and I replied saying, yes, please, we'd both love to do that. And then we got this rather cryptic one from reply from Daz saying, OK, here goes then. Your target is 0003-1471. He said, describe the target. Don't try to identify it. Just describe it using sensory details like smell, touch, taste, audio. Then kind of sketch what you see is effectively what he's saying. So I am going to uh, attempt to do that now. Uh, when we interviewed Daz and uh, Paul H. Smith, who was part of the remote viewing secret military program in the States, we asked them both if we were going to do this again, what advice they would give. And one of the things that stuck with me is both of them said, don't try and identify it, as I've just read, just kind of go go with general feelings um, try and clear your mind there's a big thing in remote viewing about noise and target and it's very easy to kind of get your noise in the way and ego and all kinds of stuff can interfere with what you were doing both Paul and Daz said to us if you've got something that feels like it's a bit of noise don't try and draw it just write down what you're feeling um, and how it might kind of influence what you're doing so I'm going to start with that because Daz set this target a while ago, and um, I don't know, it's weird. It's taken us months to get round to it, partly because we're busy, but partly there was almost a reticence to do it, I think. don't know why, but I've certainly gone, oh. So when the target first came through, I thought about it a lot, um, and something that Daz had said to us has stuck with my mind, which I think I need to write down on the kind of notes of noise and various bits dad said when it's a training target he said it'll be something simple something kind of i guess well known i think he mentioned the eiffel tower he said he wasn't going to set the eiffel tower for us but that's an example of the kind of target you look at when you're in early training so 
my brain immediately, as soon as Daz sent this target through, going, oh, it's going to be a big, it's going to be a big thing, it's going to be a big thing. And I was sat there and just Stonehenge just came into my mind. And I can't work out whether that's complete noise um, or there's something there. But, you know, Daz and Paul were very adamant, saying, don't try and identify what it is. Don't try and identify what it is. But I think because Daz had said it will be a kind of recognisable target, I've almost started thinking, what's it going to be? What's it going to be? So the first thing I'm going to do on my notepad is write down Stonehenge. Because that could just be noise. Um, so that's the first thing I'm writing down. I think the other thing I'm going to write down is just the word pressure. Um, it's really hard to separate out this feeling that you've got to get it right <clears throat> and you've got to identify the targets. I'm not going to do that. So I'm going to clear my mind for a bit and then see where we are, do some drawing and see where that leads me. I've written the word remote and that's, I just, have I written that because it's remote viewing? What I mean by remote is I know it's going to be a kind of known target. It's not going to be something really obscure which makes you think of tourists and lots of people around and hustle and bustle. But I don't know if it's, again, my bias coming through with mentioning Stonehenge earlier, but there doesn't feel to be lots of people around. It seems a quiet place, quiet, peaceful and remote place. So I'm just going to write those words down worship worship keeps coming to my mind they're kind of people with bowed heads kneeling is what i've got and they're quite small and this thing is vast like that small so this thing's vast and this thing's there it's it's massive it's vast it's you know, it's the kind of thing, if you were a person, you'd look at it and go, I'm just in awe of that. Wow, look at that. I'm going to draw these things. I'm going to, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to draw these stones. Like bricks. Um, I've got a half moon coming in my head. So I'm going to draw that. I've done some squiggly lines. I think I was thinking... Like sand dunes, but I don't know if they are sand dunes, but they're squiggly lines. Okay, so I had a little kind of five-minute break, and I'm looking at it. Uh, I'm writing on my sheets of notes. Have I boxed myself in? Because I went... I guess that's kind of anxiety. Have I boxed myself in? So I'm writing that on my notepad. While I was away, I thought, no, that's it. I'm going to leave it. Um, and then I started having this thinking about, I've got two people 
on the right-hand side near the bottom who are kind of praying. And I feel, you know, this thing of worship keeps coming back and sense of awe and the size of the whole thing. Euphoria keeps coming up. Uh, although I think I've spelled it wrong on my list, so sorry about that, Daz. Um, I started thinking... I then started seeing images of, you know, you get those reclining Buddhas, those massive statues, or you get those massive statues uh, in in the Far East and in the Middle East of, of, you know, I don't know, scale, 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 scale. Um, so I don't know if this is right, but I am going to draw a massive kind of human humanoid figure near my two kind of praying I guess people so I don't know I'm not sure that's right but I'm going to do it anyway and then I think I might stop okay so I've drawn my massive figure it's not right and it's terrible uh, art Um, so in summary so let me just look at what I've got here So on the top of this piece, I've just been writing down words as I've been going along. I've written the words worship, peace, euphoria, vast, massive, oasis, which doesn't feel right, pyramid, which doesn't feel right. I'm just going to slightly cross those out. Stone, warm, scale. Then in... uh, kind of the top left section of the paper I've got like a stone thing which is it's I didn't want to draw a pyramid at first I thought pyramid but I've done it as bricks so lots of bricks laid on top of each other in a slight it feels a bit more like an Aztec um structure rather than a kind of Middle Eastern Egyptian pyramid um, and then there are there are small stick figures at the base of it, just to kind of give it a bit of scale. Uh, moving across, I've, I think is that's where I first started the bricks on top of each other, the stone bricks. Uh, there's a half moon, not a half moon, crescent moon. Sorry, there's a crescent moon with some dots around it, which I guess is kind of stars. Um, bottom left, there's these swirly lines, which in my mind were kind of sand dunes, but it could be river, I don't know. Um, then if I go the other way, I've got bottom right, I drew these two figures kind of praying, worshipping something. Uh, and then I've done these kind of tree-like organic things which are kind of could be palm trees could be reeds it feels like a warm place rather than a cold place Uh, and then my final edition and I've not drawn it in the way that I think it should be was is a kind of massive kind of humanoid figure that's reaching out an arm to the two smaller ones that's what I've got I (laughs) Jeez, no, no idea, no idea. So I'm going to just write my name at the top. Uh, I'm going to scan it. 
I'm going to send it to Daz. And then I'm not going to talk to Ben about it at all. So neither Ben or I will know what we've done. And then we'll get Daz on and uh, we'll see what we see. See you in a bit. So before we bring Daz on, Ben, I should probably say to people listening at this point uh, that they may actually want to uh, search out the images that we drew yes on social media so what we'll do it will be in the title of the podcast uh a link to the images that or the image that i drew and the image that ben drew um don't click on it copy and paste it because otherwise you'll move away from the podcast or you can go to our facebook page or twitter page Uh, and we will put those pictures near the top so you can just click on them or at the top so you can click on them and have a look while you're listening to the podcast. I mean, we do describe them, but you'll get the full effect of it by having those pictures and got, well, we'll have no idea what uh, Daz is going to show us, but uh, fingers crossed we got something, Ben. Right, exactly. And I think the thing to do is um, don't mark us on the artwork I do not claim to be constable or anything like that, and neither of us do. But I think as Daz is going through the images, he is likely to uh, be talking about things which are abstract to you on the audio, but uh, he's referring to the images that we've sent him. Have a look at those. And if you agree or disagree with anything that he says, let us know in the comments. Maybe, yeah, definitely. It might be that um, we've got it completely wrong, and in which case it's an easy uh, it's an easy call. If we've got it anywhere close, then um, you have to hear what Daz has to say and then see if you agree. It's as, it's as easy as that, I think. Yeah, that's brilliant. Okay, well, let's bring Daz on and see our fate, Ben. What do you think? Oh, I think so. Daz Smith, he's back with us. While we were waiting for you, we were kind of talking about the experience, about how it felt, but we neither of us know what the other one's done. Right. Uh, we've got no insight. Uh, we've deliberately not done that. Um, so, I don't know. Yeah, so my experience was as soon as you sent us the target, does i started thinking about it in the bath weirdly and um i just couldn't get stonehenge out of my mind and then i stopped because i thought i'm not doing this properly and obviously i can't you know the paper's going to get wet in the bath so i stopped um and then didn't think about it for a couple of months uh and yeah it, it was really odd yesterday that I, I almost flipped where I was going, but there are bits of Stonehenge in there. So I don't know. I don't know. Well, it's good because at least you guys get to see the kind of uh, the pressure, we, you know, as a remote viewer, we, we put ourselves under, you know, I because I'm, 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 a, I'm a working remote viewer and, you know, we have this website where we got patrons that pay for work. We essentially put ourselves on the line like this every single week making every single week, every month making, you know, probably uh, I'd say between each of us in, in our crypto viewing uh, business, we probably make about 20 predictions each per month 
um, that go live out to people, you know, and some people, some people are actioning those, uh, those predictions as well, and, you know, uh, making investments on them and stuff as well. So there's a, you know, there's a lot of pressure there. So it's good that you guys have experienced that as well. And, you know, what you've experienced is what a lot of people do experience. And it's a phenomenon we know in remote viewing called the uh, fear of fear of sight. You know, you actually, there is a, there is a fear of expectation of getting it correct of, uh, you know, and, 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 you know, within yourself as well, there's this constant battle in the beginning of, uh, you know, am I, you know, what happens if I am correct? Yeah. Yeah. There's a bit of that as well. Yeah. Definitely, and I because obviously we're not doing it for money, but when you are doing it for money, that that must feel the pressure. It I can now I've done that experience. I can really get a little bit of insight. I mean, obviously, only it's a small percentage, but how how does that feel to you, even as someone so experienced in it? How do you put that out of your head? Is it just takes it just takes many years of doing it really and many years of, of practice um i don't think it ever really goes out of your head um but the more you practice with small things like meditation and stuff and and using using a technique as well because you guys obviously just in a freestyle you're not using a, a method like you know we use like um uh as peter said uh he had the impressions that he couldn't get out of his head of, of stonehenge we within the method i use control remote viewing we're not allowed to name the target so anytime you get anything that names a target you kind of move it to one side uh which gives you a process then to kind of eliminate it and then bypass it and, and move on for more information um so we use a method as well um but yeah it's uh, everything within remote viewing is literally just a, a practice process over over a long period of time to uh to train yourself in, in all this but yeah it's a uh, doing paid work for people um it's a constant pressure to always be right and you know no one no matter what field of industry you're in or services or anything no one is ever going to be 100 percent right on anything they ever do we all make mistakes and you know to be honest uh i got i got one uh or or two predictions actually i made two predictions in 2019 uh using a process called ARV, which is associative remote viewing, that Trump would win the uh, U.S. elections. And although I'm holding on because it's still not finally <laughs> over yet, um, it's you know the evidence is in, and it's looking like those two predictions were completely uh, incorrect. So you know, even even I make uh, big public uh, errors at times. Actually, I can't call it an error because we don't know what went wrong. Um, I'm I'm trying to analyze the data now, and I can't see anything in the setup of both of those projects that would have indicated any any noise or any mess in the process. So at the moment, I can only conclude that when we did them, and we did one of them 18 months in advance because we did it in March uh, 2019, that it was just too far in advance, and you know the uh, the future hasn't coalesced into a, a certain enough proposition that we were looking at. Because uh, I cannot find any errors in in the in the project process that would have contributed to any other reason why we got it wrong. So yeah, uh, uh, you know the pressure's there, and even I may, even even I get things wrong. It's a it's a strange one, but yeah, you know, no remote and if a remote viewer does claim to be hundred percent accurate, you know, for a start, they're they're wrong. Um, and you know, the target like you guys did because that was set in the present or past, and it's. A training target that's that's quite 
that's usually quite easy to do. Um, but the, the kind of target I'm talking about where you're trying to predict events 18 plus months into the future, that's where things get a little bit hazy within remote viewing and the accuracy level does seem to significantly drop. Although, you know, we have, uh, we have had some good hits. Like I had a hit that came through to de- uh, this just this week. Uh, we did another ARV set, uh, associative remote viewing set, in June to try to predict uh, the movement of the Dow Jones uh, between the months of June to November. And the data indicated to us to an 84% uh, probability that the Dow Jones, uh, for the first time ever uh, within that period, would go above $30,000. And literally two days ago, uh, for the first time ever in its history, it jumped above thirty thousand dollars. So that was that was a really good one. And any other people uh-huh. that are paying us to to do this, if they if they actioned on that and took advice on that one, uh, then they could have made some significant amounts of money. So we do get it right as well. But yeah, every remote viewer has times where it just doesn't work for them. Yeah, yeah. So just to remind everyone listening, what uh, after our uh first conversation you kindly offered to uh send us a code which related to a uh, a sort of a training object somewhere in the world that you would use when you were training somebody to do this professionally one of my training targets yeah right right and so the likelihood is that that training target is something that most people would know i could say the name of that target to my mum and she'd know what it was yes okay okay and all that we got was a eight figure code separated four to four with a hyphen yes and like as peter said we've been sitting on that for a while due to the trepidation of actually doing it and so yesterday what people will have heard before they hear this is both of us doing this individually by ourselves, narrating the way through, uh, making marks on the paper. So I guess the time has come to reveal the truth. Now, neither marked. of us knows what the other one's done. And no. neither of us knows if we've got anywhere near or... Yeah, or completely out. Daz is Daz is in the driving seat. Okay, um, I can share my screen and show you. Uh, that's probably the easiest way to do it. So uh, this is the uh, this is this is Ben's uh, what he sent through, and that was the uh, the note that came with it with the email. Uh, my conclusion is that it's a big building, pale in color, with some kind of tower structure, where important important noises are heard. It's like a church, opera house, or maybe the White House. Um, now. Most of that data is, is accurate other than when you start to name things. And this is the problem we have with in remote viewing as well. When we start to name things, it's your analytical mind getting in the way. Right. You know, when you're naming it like a church, opera house, or a white house, uh, those aren't correct for this target, but there are probably elements within each of those that would uh, suit this target. Okay. It is a big structure. Uh some parts of it are pale and cutter, and it is a kind of tower structure as well. Then you did some sketches. Um, now you wrote here, I think, grand, is it grand, tall? A grand, tall part of the building, yeah. It was, I felt like there was one part of the building that was significantly taller than other parts, yeah. Okay, yep. Yeah. 
So, you know, that's, that's very good as well. That's good data. Uh, important, joyful, and it looks like friends there. Friends. Yeah. Yeah. That could be probably correct for this target as well. And the big door is good as well for this. Uh, that's the same sheet there. And this is another sketch here. And I think I can't read that word there. Oh, uh, that was decoration. So I felt like around the tower was some kind of um, like decorative structure. Like it was like I think I put in another uh, drawing. It was either like res uh, religious symbols or perhaps just simply uh, structures around windows. But there was a decorative element around some something around that tower. Okay, yeah, that's probably correct for the target as well. Uh, with that natural element here, and you've got big land. It's it's, it's like, almost like you've got a structure here on a on a shape of land. Yes, which is accurate for the target as well. And then on this, where you've got uh, another sketch of looks like a structure with a religious symbol or window. Yeah, I can't read the word. Uh, it it was the I felt like there was like a. A pattern roof so next to the big tower was almost like lesser structures across the top of the structure that were um, put there for aesthetic reasons rather than necessarily functional reasons okay that's probably correct then as well and i like the you know you've got lake or sea uh what looks like i was on the outside of the structure as well yes. which is which is correct for the target uh and then in your Last sheet here, we got uh, another quick sketch here, and you've got the text church-like with diminishing sizes that? Yes, that's right. Uh, church-like. I know what that kind of means. It's not a church, but it has that kind of uh, possible feeling for some people about it. So so what I was getting there, and and that was like a, a sort of, obviously, just a free sketch. Um, what I was feeling was, you know how the Sydney Opera House has like a big sort of pair segment and then a smaller one and a smaller one and a smaller one. I felt like that was integral to this structure. There was, there was something big and then that was mirrored in smaller and decrementing pieces down throughout the structure. Yeah. Yeah. Good data. And other data here. Uh, some of this is good as well. Sign of many people. Is that Boats, yeah. Boats, singing, smell of wood uh, when entering. Uh, that's all probably correct for this target as well. I'll tell you what the target is in a minute. We'll go for the uh, Peter stuff next. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. So there was a couple of sheets here. <gasps> you put worship and I put yeah. church. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, again, it's not a church, but I can see where that might, uh, might be part of it. And you've got this pyramidal type structure shape here. I really wanted to draw a pyramid and I stopped myself because I thought it was going to just box me in. That's why I kept writing box me in on things. But it's kind of pyramid-like, isn't it? Aztec, I think I described it as, I think. Okay. Well, I mean, and the structure, you know, the I can see parts of the element of that in, in, in this uh, target. When you do a sketch like this, you see... Um, and when you do sketches with remote viewing, the sketches are usually in bits all over the place and from different angles and stuff. It's not till you see the target afterwards you realize uh, where it could fit. Like, for example, I can see how that could be part of the structure. This could be part of the structure. And this looks like waves here. 
Yeah, waves, waves or sand was what I was thinking. It was both at the same time. Uh, and also that could be part of the structure uh, that we're looking at, the target structure. But you've got them in, you've got them separated, whereas, you know, in a full uh, remote viewing session, we would probably end up putting the, the bits together and putting them in, in the connected places. Uh, and you wrote here, you know, you thought it was Stonehenge at first. Uh, you tried to get that out of your mind. You obviously felt the pressure. Uh, you started to think it was a co-place, but that flipped to a hot place. Yep, yep. Okay, that's probably correct for the target. Oh, we, we both put uh, extremes of temperature. I remember in one of my notes, I put very cold and very hot. But um, I, when I narrated it, I said that it wasn't cold and hot as in space. It was cold and hot as in something that happens on Earth, yeah. And I thought I originally thought of cold stone uh, but it felt like the place that the atmosphere was warm if that makes sense yeah yeah makes sense and then you wrote here wanted to draw a pyramid but talk yourself out of it <laughs> that's one thing that's when one thing we try not to do within remote viewing is, is self-censor ourselves you know it's best just to get everything down on paper uh no matter how weird or strange it is just in case it's, it's correct and you keep uh, this interesting comment at the bottom. You keep thinking I've boxed myself in. What? What was that about? That I, I, there was a lot of squares and boxes in my head, and then there was a feeling whenever I drew something. Oh, I'm following that theme. I mustn't box myself in. But it what it was quite a random phrase. It, it's hard to put a logic to it, but it just kept going through my mind. Box myself in. Box myself in. Okay. Yeah. Well, that you know that. That might have some in interesting uh, connections to the target as well. So the target itself, ah, it's the Statue of Liberty at the time that you were viewing it. Oh, would that you know what's really interesting about that? Wow. So in the middle of my picture, that was a massive statue of a person, and those people who are next to it are were almost worshiping it, but they were small. And, and you, you can wow. see. You can see by this person as well. You even got like, it, or to me, it looks like there might be something in its hand as well. Yeah, it was it was holding something out. That really strongly came to me. Wow, might have been you trying to get that part, and then you know your stone structurey part here is most probably you trying your mind trying to show you this this pyramidal part here. Oh wow, and that's the cold stone, and you had white stone as well, Ben, didn't you? Wow. I did have white stone. Yeah. Ben's, as you can see here, you know, he's got a structure here with, you know, lake and sea around it. And of course, we know that this is on an island with literally, you know, the sea is just here, right in front of it here, because I've, I've seen it for real. And then, you know, you've got a structure. It looks like a stru in its most basic form here. You have a structure here with a higher part in the middle of it on, a, on an island. Yes. Wow. Which is what the target is as well. So if I'd have put my big person on top of my little pyramid thing on the left, that would have been pretty good. Wow. Uh, but there's there's enough information in there for for someone like me this this seeing thousands of these over the years to know that you know that's that's pretty accurate for what this target is. You know, it's a it's a it's a a big statue of a person on top of a on top of a, a very square angular stone structure. Wow. The thing that blows me away is the i that feeling and and i and and this is where the signal and noise is important i wow. 
was drawing like a dome like shape it because i felt like there was something that was higher than everything else that had some kind of religious or meaningful symbol on it and as soon as you just showed me that i was like oh my god yes of course um and i don't think i'm reading anything into it that that symbol of of the statue of liberty holding up that torch of course wow. it's semi-religious not not from a uh, a sort of a biblical point of view but from like the point of view of the founders of the US oh my goodness so I, I wrote worship as well so that was I, the first word I, I wrote as well yeah. along that the theme. Statue of Liberty has that uh, has that kind of presence for people in America doesn't it it has that kind of you know uh, yeah. presence in the, in their society in their their way of life yes I'm blown, blown away by my large person because i kind of my first thought was you know you get those massive those kind of buddha statues or in china i think recently they built one that's the biggest but it's a kind of a human but i knew it wasn't a buddha but it was a massive wow that's really odd that's really odd i as as you train with remote view you're trained once you get once you've got your elements in your sketches uh that you then probe them, so you is like you would touch, you know, you would feel around the target, and you would touch it, and then you would write, you would annotate it, so you would mark, you know, for your 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 own structure, you had the pyramidal type structure. I would if if when if I was training you, I would have got you to mark that as an as an A, and then you know I would have got you to to kind of like touch it with your fingers or the pen, and then to describe what it what the textures were. You know, was it hot? Was it cold? Was it rough? Was it smooth? Mm. You know, what what does it feel like on the edges? You know, how big was it in scale? And I'd get you to list all the details of that. And then I would have got you to have annotated your big person, your statue thing as a bee, and then probed that as well and said, okay, what's it, what does this feel like it's made of? How tall does it feel? Is it 3D? You know, does it feel mm. cold to the touch? Can you smell anything? And you wow. get more and more data by breaking down the sketches. In the moment, you guys just put in really basic sketches down. Mm. The more training you get, you then learn to move around the target and uh, and probe different parts of it to see see what each part's made of. Wow. I I think it's really interesting that um, you you and I both put um, worship. Like I actually I didn't write it on my notes, but I said it in my annotation because um, I said. I kept I kept focusing on the fact that this was something where uh, important noises happened. That was the thing that I kept hearing. It was important noises. And it felt like I kept saying it feels religious, but it isn't quite religious. But it's something where important words are said. And I and I give this example where. I know it's not an insurance building because those words are fairly mundane and they aren't important. This felt like something that was impacting. And it's really interesting because um, when I was reading your notes, Daz, you said, like, um, write down the temperature and the feeling. And I got this hot and cold, hot and cold. And I had this feeling that during the day it'd be really, really hot and during the night it'd be really, really cold. And you got that as well, Peter. That mm. I am... I am slightly blown away. 
in Ben, in your stuff as well, you've got some, you know, in, I can't remember which sheet it was here, but uh, you've got, you know, the people and boats and yes. smell of wood as well. Yeah. 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 Boats felt really important and it felt like, so, um, and I guess this is... It's in the middle of the Hudson and, you know, I, yeah. I've, I've been on a boat around it. You know, I doubt if there are this time of year uh, with, the, with, with the lockdown and stuff. I don't know. They might be doing stuff. But, you know, there are usually boats that are going all, all around that island. Yeah. I'll tell you, the, sorry, the other thing that's come into my head, because you, you said it would be um, a kind of familiar target. And the thing that I kept thinking was it's really quiet where it is and I I couldn't make head and tail of why that would be the case but I know some people do kind of go around it but actually the majority of the activity does take place either from Manhattan Island or people on the Staten Island Ferry you know there's not a ton of people on the island where it is and that kind of makes some sense now and you know the time of viewing for this uh it depends when you guys did did you you know your session on this I think one of you said it was quite a while ago but even so you know with lockdown and stuff um and the target time was at the time you were viewing it uh that is quite possible that you're not seeing a lot of people there at the moment because because of yeah well i i did mine we both did it yesterday afternoon so we both did it yesterday sense. and i've just i've just pulled out the very first uh piece of paper that i wrote on it and I wrote one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. I wrote twelve words, and in those twelve words, hot and cold, blue sky, water, waves, are in there. And when I wrote that, I that it, when I, I I sort of drew, um, I was drawing like semicircles because uh, my hand wasn't what, quite sure what to do and i draw f- i drew four semicircles and they looked like um the wi-fi symbol and then i remember thinking well this isn't wi-fi this is this is waves this is this is something this is something in the real world and and when i started drawing the churches the thing that was in the back of my mind was um I can't remember what it's called, but that famous church in Iceland, which is kind of um f- sort of almost like a flat white con- concrete building and it has um the sea behind it and it has got that one uh sort of tall tower with a cross in it and 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 I think this is the noise coming in. I felt like oh, I think maybe. That's what it is, because we've got the blue skies, which you get over Iceland. You've got the blue sea. You've got some high symbol. But this is this is the this is the trick to learning how to do this, because it's the brain keeps kicking in and putting in its own experiences. Yeah. And that's that's why, you know, that's why we're taught uh, over a period of time to uh, when the brain does try to analyze and give us named stuff. That we move it to one side, and we try to not ignore it. But we acknowledge it, and then move, you know we we try to move move on, and uh, yeah, not allow it to name name things. And if we do find something that's really strong unnamed, we can actually take that into you know into another stage, and again break that down into its lower level constituents to find out why why it felt so important to us. I see. I see. So, in terms of 
like our our performance here it feels like we're first years doing like our basic english grammar but like do you think we did okay yeah i mean you know you both got good elements of the target you know the target could have been anything in the known universe past present or future and a, a good percentage of each of your data matches you know the, the elements of the target and and is it usual at this stage to have literally no idea where that data came from? It just sort of comes into your head and you just write it down and you have no idea why. Yeah, well, that's how it works for me every time I do it. I have no, I have no idea where the, the information comes from. Uh, and the biggest process I would say that I've had to learn over 24 years doing this is to, to absolutely learn to trust everything that comes into my mind. Mm. And not to not not to self censor and not to sit there going no this can't be right or this is strange just mm. literally say okay this is what I'm getting this must be correct and just write it down no matter what right it's about you you end it, the learning to remote view is more about learning to trust yourself and and the uh, the the subtle impressions that come in uh, to your you know into your mind or wherever this comes into and trying to interpret that then it is learning about any anything else really. You, you, it's essentially learning about yourself and how you interpret, yeah, the things around you. In a subsequent conversation after um, Peter and I had done the interview with you, um, a couple of weeks later, and it was completely unrelated, I was explaining to Peter that, um, uh, and I felt like it was related to remote viewing, I felt like one of the things that you end up doing in everyday tasks when you drive is you begin to get an innate sense of whether something is safe or not. And uh, and I was citing, um, and I'm not saying like I don't go out on the roads and overtake on blind bends or anything, but uh, in the roads around me, I get this sense, I get a really strong sense of, the road ahead appears to be safe, but I can't go. And there's a reason I can't go, so I won't go. And invariably, invariably, there'll be a reason. It'll be because there is a badger on the road or there's a cat running across. Or I'll get a very clear sense of, yeah, I can go. It's absolutely fine. There are no cars coming. And I get this sort of sense of... Um, I don't really know how to describe it, but peace and I can do it and I can overtake. And it's, it's so ingrained into the driving experience that I don't even notice it. It just sort of happens and it feels like it's something that keeps me safe. And it, and uh, it was a couple of weeks after that we, we'd spoken that I felt like, Oh, I, it feels like there might be a connection between how you do that and you trust yourself because it's a very small, narrow frame of reference and time. And the um, the remote viewing where you can't, you know, most of the time, if, you know, if you're just a standard person, you have literally no idea whether you're right or not. And the time scale could be huge, but it felt like they were related. D does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I would say it's, it's, the, it's the same process. And, you know, and people have speculated that all remote viewing is, is a, uh... We're essentially um, honing the uh, 
the capabilities we had, you know, eons past to, to help help us survive in in day to day life, you know, telling us when when danger is about. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that does make sense. That does make sense. Well, from an evolutionary sense, that makes sense because, like, there'd be predators in our early days that we would have no idea whether they were around or not, and you'd need this other sense. Right, right. So I suppose this is this is something now that this is a question that's only just formed since I've had this feedback, but do you think then that this ability is like an evolution of our early ability to sort of be a avoid being eaten by tigers is that is that what it is yeah i mean you know i think everyone has got a level of intuition um whether people acknowledge it or not is you know is one thing or another really uh you know because some religious people don't but everyone's got some level of intuition uh and it's just there to keep you safe um you know give you insights into your daily life really you know maybe some spiritual level as well um, it's just that, you know, some of us, psychics that are classically trained and remote viewers, have just taken it upon themselves to spend a certain amount of time to listen to that a little bit more and to, um, yeah, to hone that ability a little bit more. And, and that, that's all I've been doing and people like me have been doing for a couple of decades now. It's just honing and, and learning to trust yourself. As I said, it's uh, learning to trust it. If you get these really crazy words come in that aren't part of your vo- normal vocabulary, to, to write them down and trust the process that gets it right. And most of the time it, it does get it right. And this is a question I should have probably thought to ask you last time we spoke, but does this impact on your, your personal life? Do you get a sense, you know, when you're doing really mundane things like, well, driving, we've already mentioned, but like buying a mortgage or deciding whether to go out for dinner you know does do you get senses where you kind of learn to trust them and make better decisions than you would have done otherwise sometimes uh you know you get these uh these like everyone you get a gut feeling of 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 something and it's it's always best to to trust your gut feeling you know most of the ceos of major corporations will say they've got where they are because they uh they trusted their gut feelings. Uh, you know, they went with their with their guts. And the the what we've done here today. So if you were doing this target and you'd you'd have what we had here, you, you talked a little bit about the next stage would be. Am I right in thinking the next stage is to try and see if these elements connect and try and put them together? Do you get to a point where you go, it's the Statue of Liberty? Or do you never get to that point? Uh, in some targets, you do. In some targets, I've done. You know, if if I've spent several days or hours or weeks on them, you know, because some targets I have done weeks. You know, I've done like I may do uh, six or seven paper RV sessions, and each paper session may be like twenty pages. So I might have done say one hundred and twenty pages over twelve hours. And then the, the the project manager might at that point say, "Okay, you've got enough data now. Now do do the exact same thing on a whiteboard and record it for me." Mm-hmm. Um, at that stage, you know, you've you've been in, in and out of the target so much, it, it kind of has built a really solid picture in your mind of of what it could be, component by component. But you know, that kind of skill takes you know usually takes an amount of time to. Uh, to develop enough to be able to then say, okay, yeah, I, I think I know what this is now. Because you've got to remember, we're also battling all the time as remote viewers because um, 
uh, our mantra is to describe, don't identify. So mm. we're always trying to describe targets in as much detail as possible without trying to identify it. Because the moment you try to identify it, it's another part of your mind that kicks in the analytical part. And that sometimes, because it wants to please you, it jumps to conclusions too early. Mm. I, I'm just blown away that I had such a strong feeling this thing was a massive humanoid statue that's just slightly missing with my head right now <laughs> would have been even more accurate if you'd have wrote down statue or a massive yeah. humanoid statue yeah yeah but but i think that's wow. what you're saying isn't it does like, like now you might have the confidence to say i think that's what it might be like the, in your notes peter you have a lot of things like feeling boxed in trying to to avoid yeah. Like the the ego and the um, the sense of uh, consciousness, but if if you can learn to tamp that out, which like I think must be such a difficult skill. Like that is, good lord, that is a uh, uh, a pass your MSc at Oxford skill. Then maybe because there's a I like if you'd have written that down, like I think I would have been in. Not embarrassed. I don't know what the right word is. But if you'd have gone, oh, I think it's a massive humanoid statue on top of a pyramid, there's that kind of thing of, oh, well, someone will laugh at me for saying that. Mm. And and if you can't think of the Statue of Liberty, you go, oh, how many giant pyra- giant yeah. humanoids are there on top of pyramids? I can't think of any. So I'm yeah. not going to put that. And it's that it's that thing of learning the confidence to say, it's, it's the catchphrase thing. Say what you see. Yes, it's a trust thing, and it takes you know it takes years to to get that. You know, I I think it took me about I would say about six years um, because you you know it's not just that you know you also had the added pressure we talked about earlier of you know you're also wanting to uh you know you wanting to please the person that set the target as well. Yeah. So you had that pressure as well, and I think it, as I said, it took me literally six years to get to a stage where I just sat down and uh, and ended, ended up going, okay, I don't care whether I'm off target or on target. I'm just going to enjoy myself and I'm just going to trust and write everything down. But before that, before that stage, it was literally five to six years of constant worry. You know, you sat down, the moment you're starting a session, you got it for your head. Oh my God, you know, I got to get this right. I got to get it right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So again, it's, it's trust. Everything, everything takes, takes time to trust your own ability. I I think you're right because my biggest fear, like I was joking at the beginning about um, pleasing you, but the thing was, like because Peter and I had done rather well in identifying each other's targets and you have this, it's a weird sense of, I don't know what it is, pride? But I mean, it's ridiculous. It's like taking pride in knowing how to do physics if you don't know physics you shouldn't have pride in it you should just be confident in like showing people what you can do but i had this thing of oh my god what if i'm drawing this and he's given me the great barrier reef it'll be it'll be so far off that he'll just go yeah you know how and and i think the thing is i was like i know you wouldn't say it because you're a nice person but you i'm just worried that you go look you've got no abilities whatsoever mate if i were you i'd never try this again and that is a it's the human fear it's that thing but i also i think i also had a bit of anxiety the other way i think there was a bit of me that didn't want to get it right 
there was a bit of me that going, I don't, uh, you know, this this feels more accurate than I was kind of expecting. And there was yeah, a bit me of me that didn't want it to be accurate, I think, which is weird. It sounds weird to say, but... No, it happens a lot. As I said, it's the, what we class as the a fear of Sai because, you know... It's great. It's it's ground shaking. You know, it's life changing kind of stuff. This it is. You've just done this, and you've pretty much proved to yourself that you're. You know, you have the ability in some way. We don't know how to go anywhere in time and space and bring back information. That's that's life changing for a lot of people. So you know, there are some. You know, there are some valid reasons why there's a part of your subconscious that they're going. Whoa, hang on a minute. If I get this right and prove this to myself, what where does this lead? Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. Like, I know this is a form of a question I asked you last time, Daz. But w- does this ability, when you're, you know, in normal times, out with friends, having a few beers, or with your partner, or w- whatever it is, is this something that is always in the back of your mind that? There is a reality that we know that we're existing in now when we're, you know, doing shots in Weatherspoons. But this isn't the full reality. Other people might feel that this is the full reality. But in your head, you're slightly divorced and you know, well, this is a part of my reality, but I know there's more to it than that. And and if you do feel that, how on earth do you marry it? Because I feel like I might go slightly mad. It's a hard one. Um, and sometimes you feel like, I don't know if it's the same for other remote viewers. I can't talk about them really. And I am disgusted with them too much, but sometimes it's, it's a bit hard feeling like you, you, you fit in. For example, you know, I may go out with the, uh, the wife and we may, uh, I don't know, meet up with us well, when we could, of course, <laughs> family members at a party. And, you know, you'd have people sat there talking, I don't know, talking about gossipy things and you, you're, I just find myself sat there at times thinking, you know, why we, you know, on a daily basis, you know, I, cause you know, literally I do this every day virtually, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm traveling all over the, all over the university and all kinds of strange and weird yeah. things, you know, forward and backward in time. And then, you know, someone wants me to have a conversation about someone down the road to sleeping with someone other. And it's just like, yeah, you know, it's it, it's so insignificant against what we can do as human beings that I sometimes uh, find it very hard to be able to be in that kind of. Oh, I can completely imagine. But in a in a way, does that make you? Is it almost like um, because those people perhaps haven't seen the truth about what is possible? Does it make you, in the back of your mind, feel slightly hopeful that? you know, one day, you know, either in this world or whatever comes next, this will become apparent. And so this world of gossip and who slept with who, you can divorce yourself from it because you kind of go, look, this doesn't matter to me. And one day it won't matter to them. And there's bigger, cooler, better stuff happening. Does it, does it help your mental health in that way? Well, that's a good question. Um, I don't think I don't think we'd ever get to a place where uh, this kind of skill is well known and well used and accepted by everyone. I just don't see that happening unless some really 
huge uh, evolutionary changes happened to the human race. Um, humans are just, I don't know, so caught up in their own small things in life. I mean, yeah, and, you know, for some people, that's the best way to be. I mean, you know, I, for years now, myself and many other remote viewers and stuff have been asking very serious questions about, you know, ever life in the universe and, you know, you know what's happening with reality is reality you know is what we're doing every day real is it is it a hologram you know because there are all these elements that seem to be possible um i just don't know if any everyone wants to go down that route of they're quite happy in the way of you know being ignorant to it all really Mm -hmm. well i can understand why because it is an easier life like (laughs) i completely agree with you like yeah, this morning, for some reason, I think my dog had eaten too much yesterday. Quarter past four this morning, he dragged me into the garden while he ate grass. And I just sat there in the garden looking up at the sky going, oh, my God, I think this might be a hologram. Because you do after you've been asleep for four hours. And it's a it's, it's a disturbing concept. Um, but it's also, I think, quite a reassuring concept because it's not we don't just um uh go to school uh have a curry every friday sleep with the girl who lives up the road and then die there's more there's more to it than that and that i think is probably that sums up the reason why we ever did this podcast to try and find out what what more there is to it yeah yeah there's (laughs) There's so much, you know, and um, you know, we're quite, I'm quite lucky as a remote viewer because, you know, I get tasked targets, although I would like to uh, be tasked a lot more targets that are on my personal list that I've never, you know, I have to wait for people to give to me, um, you know, and sometimes it takes decades, but, you know, we've seen, you know, we experience so much that other people don't get to experience, you know, just like the, every, every, literally every day of every week, I do what you've done today and I have the same feeling. And even now, you know, 24 years later, getting a target, getting a target right and getting the feedback and seeing that you were on target is, is it's just a renewable, great feeling every time you do it. And again, you know, it's, it's, you also get the negative ones. And like when I was talking about the Trump one where, you know, I put out a prediction where we're wrong and I'm, and I have to say to myself, how how can i be wrong you know why why are we wrong why is this one wrong and and everything else around it right um yeah so there's that element to it as, as well but yeah some of the stuff we've seen and do you know i count myself as being a, a a lucky person really to be able to experience the kind of thing that i do and at, at, as of this moment in time to have uh help help being paid for it by people that uh support us in what we're doing on our journey as well yeah i i completely understand where you're coming from well once again like pretty much every week in the history of this podcast i've experienced a little bit of a reality tweak and once again this has been quite a big reality tweak i was not expecting i was not expecting the results like peter said i was really expecting to um fail badly not because like i've said in my commentary not because i don't believe it exists but because um i don't believe that um i have 
any abilities. And then when you when you see these things, it's it is at the same time terrifying and exhilarating. And I absolutely love that. And yeah. my goodness, I can only imagine the things that you've seen and you know are true. I would imagine that you must have a much more assured path through life than I do. And I'm quite jealous of that. <laughs> we we you know we still get blindsided by by life and yeah you know, as i said we're not you know even when we're looking at stuff we're not 100 percent accurate you know i get things wrong uh well i say i get things wrong i managed the you know, like the trump thing i managed that i didn't i wasn't actually a remote viewer on that so it was just my analysis that was wrong or something wrong on that but as you know as we know future targets are a bit like they're way out there uh and I think the farther out we go, the less accurate they become as well, uh, which is interesting um, in in itself mm. because it shows that there are you know multiple possibilities in the future that must coalesce at some point into a a single possibility. I mean, we talked to Paul H. Smith about that as well. I don't know if you heard that interview that we did, but yeah, he 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 kind of said something similar about the future. Although he seemed to be unsure about whether you could predict the future at all but um he definitely said it was harder to do yeah yeah, yeah definitely uh which in itself is is a conundrum i have to ask myself you know if if we can do it a month in advance and get really accurate data you know why can't we do it 16 months in advance and yeah. just as accurate data mm. yeah mm. yeah but the thing that i would say there where you say you got um, the Trump uh, prediction wrong. Like, for me, that doesn't take away from uh, your skill or your profession. Like, um, you, one when one owns a car, we know that the internal combustion engine is a reliable thing, but sometimes it goes completely wrong. I've owned an Alfa Romeo. Anyone that's owned an Alfa Romeo <laughs> knows that it goes completely wrong often. <laughs> But that all doesn't mean, yeah, all the time. But that doesn't mean that the concept of the Alfa Romeo is wrong. It just means that sometimes the Conrod goes through the engine block. And and the thing about remote viewing as well, we still, you know, even all these like four decades later, it's been around as, as a as a as a thing called remote viewing. Um, we still still to this day have no idea how it works. Yeah. And you know, there are all these. Uh, papers and little bits of research and anecdotal evidence that you know so many things affect it you know there's so many things within personal remote viewer that affect it yeah as you guys have seen some of it where you know your fear of getting it right your fear of expectation of getting it right uh you might just be having a bad day when you've got to sit down and do it and you're thinking about paying the rent and that can get in the way or you you know you had a hangover anything like that but there's also other things we don't know how how it works as well we don't we don't really know if wi-fi or magnetic waves affect remote viewing there's there's good data that say that that does solar activity there's good evidence to say that that affects people being psychic and remote viewing so there's all kinds of things that we just don't know uh, and any of those you know if you get three or four of those in one go when someone's trying to get data on a target uh, it might just constitute them to having a bad day because mm. i i equate remote viewing see as a it's a bit like a, a performance so you're a bit like a an athlete or a, or a dancer or something like that and you know you are you are essentially perfor a performing uh, a, a skill on that set day 
and you know any, anyone that does that kind of thing can have a good day or or a bad day bear in mind there is uh there's this phenomenon called the first time effect as well that people that do this for the first time or first couple of times do amazingly well uh and then uh, they try it straight afterwards or very close to it and then generally uh, they have bombing sessions because their mind is just so freaked out getting it right the first time that you do need some uh, development time for you to uh, take all this in. Because, you know, as we discussed, uh, when you when you really sit down and think about the, uh, uh, the possibilities of what this actually means, um, it's, it's, it could be life-altering for, for a lot of people. Brilliant. I'm, I'm really quite... Yeah, I'm really quite stunned... And I'm quite speechless by that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, we're going to have <laughs> which to, is rare. <laughs> it is rare. Um, I suspect we'll be talking about this for some time to come. Yeah. But yeah. Um, as I said, the target could have been anything. Uh, I just randomly picked that out of my uh, students' target pool, and I have a I have a target pool of 125 uh, student training targets. So that was just one out of 125 that. I- uh. But, you know, officially, it could have been one of trillions, you know, because you're talking about anything, anything in the yeah. in the known universe, past, present or future. But, you know, generally training targets aren't, aren't, aren't future ones. They're usually present or past. Yeah. That's amazing. Daz, thank you so much for doing that. I feel, I feel a sense of relief now, Ben. I don't know about you. Oh, I'm so relieved. I'm so relieved. We haven't got detention and... Um, <laughs> We must be a bit tidier, though. <laughs> we must must be tidier, but I feel like we've we've earned ourselves a C. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or or a C plus. You guys did well. You know, you got the major gestalts at the target. And, you know, in sketch parts of the target as well. Uh, you can't, you can't, you know, as a re- beginner remote viewer, you can't do more than that. You know, if 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 I was say a spy or something, and the target was you know trying to find out what would be the next place, what would be the best place for me to attack or something, you know you could probably get a, a good piece of information from both your data sets together, you know, you know, with the, with the sketch of the island, with the structure on it and the sea, and then the, the big statue-like person and, and you know, the, the structure below it with all the blocks, you know. And when you look at that picture of the uh, statue of Ritchie, you know, it is very blocky as well, how, they've, how that structure is that they built mm. up underneath the, uh, the statue thing. Yeah. There's lots of valid data there. I must say, Daz, every time we do remote viewing, we always think this is our last episode on it. And every time we do it, we go, oh, God, no, there's more. There's more. Oh, there's definitely more to it. As I said, we're, yeah, we're, you know, doing all kinds of weird new things of it, you know, looking at the markets and the cryptos and stuff. We, you know, there's, there's three of us on the team now doing monthly predictions. I think we must do at least 15 monthly predictions each. We're talking 45 to 50 predictions every month for the for the following month what's going to happen and i think we're probably running at something like 75 to 80 percent accurate continuously for two years on that now well that's brilliant well daz it's been a pleasure as always and um yeah well we're, we're not going to let you not come on again even if you don't want to we're going to make <laughs> you. i'm sure there's something we can do together even if it's a uh, <laughs> a joint project or or one of the projects we've done in the past because as i said we've looked at all kinds of stuff on the moon mars uh all kinds of crazy stuff brilliant thank you daz yeah thank you so much really appreciate it and good luck with your next remote viewing (laughs) 
I'm, I'm, I'm speechless, Ben. I'm just, I, I don't know what to make of it. I keep thinking, because you on the one we, the kind of naive one that me and you did on each other last time. Yeah. This must be what it felt like for you, because I, 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 I had kind of real doubts about my one. I, you know, when I the first time we did it. Yeah. But I'm just looking back at my picture now and just I had a giant humanoid statue mm. and the plinth that I drew. Okay, I didn't get them both together, but I'm a bit blown away. Yeah, it's it's a very curious and weird thing. And well, we record this on a Sunday afternoon and I don't know. I think I'm going to have to have two whiskies in the bath before I go to bed. It's it is a strange, a strange thing, but like I suppose what we've done is undergo the very first sort of initiation that Daz and everyone else who was involved in the remote viewing program and is involved in remote viewing has gone through that kind of um, understanding that. Uh, something seems to work, whereas not knowing where it comes from. It's so bizarre. It's so bizarre. It's incredibly I mean, bizarre. <clears throat> I mean, I was, I, I don't know about you, but I was thinking before <laughs> before we started the episode and when we were doing the drawing, I thought, you know, if it turns out that we're both miles away, <laughs> it's going to be a pretty weird episode. We go, oh, we've done all this work. Daz goes, no, nowhere near. But, uh, you know, and just the similarities between, you know, we both got this idea of uh, some kind of, I know it wasn't a religious place, but it, you know, I had worship, you had religion, we had the stone thing, you had a white stone. Mm-hmm. Um, I had smooth structure. We both had, um, I think we both described it as kind of like, worship important noises was something that i'd put but i think on top of all of that you've got your pyramid structure with square stones and your uh like uh humanoid statue figure and we've both put um sea or lake and and waves and that comes up i i've written um blue several times and then the other thing i think is the um the temperature difference the the yeah. uh, the hot and cold and it and it felt like when i was writing it it was like a night and day thing and that would be absolutely right for that place in new york yeah uh, the other thing where again i might be post-rationalizing but i just had this real strong sense that it wasn't particularly crowded place. It was quite remote. Mm-hmm. I, I think I'd, I'd written remote or I, I, on the, the thing when I was describing what I was doing. And I knew it was a big landmark, so that made no sense to me. But the idea that it is on its own little island and it is, that now that makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I could be post-rationalising it, but yeah, it's uh, that's, that's so bizarre, mm. so bizarre. Yeah. It is very bizarre, and there's yeah, there's no explanation. All, all I can say is that this was 
I mean, as scientific as you can get in the times that we have, but just to reiterate, yeah. Daz centers those six numbers. Yep. We independently did our own drawings. We sent them to Daz independently. And what you have heard, his feedback is the first we've heard of it. There is, there's no, there's no trickery. There's no lying. There's no nothing. That is exactly how it played out. Yeah. And, and, uh, and we, me and Ben didn't speak to each other at all. I think when just before Daz came on, we were kind of talking about our feelings, but we didn't describe anything about the target to each other. No. Tempting as it was, I, I nearly did. You know, I was I was almost tempted to kind of send you a text to say, "Well, what did you draw? What did you draw?" And I just had to stop myself because yeah. I knew, I knew that would kind of you know, wouldn't make this as natural as it is, and it's oh, it's bizarre, really bizarre. It is bizarre, really bizarre. And I suppose we have to get to uh, what does it prove? Well, I suppose it in this instance. It doesn't actually prove anything because it's not laboratory conditions, but it yep. does suggest that this isn't um, this isn't chance. And you know, you need a, ba a better mathematician than I to work out the chances of being able to get something so close when you have all of the surface of planet Earth. But it, I mean, it I, seems I'm, unlikely. I am I am looking at it, and I'm trying to like put my cynical head on and look at it but it's certainly from I know what I experienced when I was putting this drawing together and I know the bits I rejected um and the bits I had and this yeah I'm there's so much the plinth the massive statue and it doesn't look like the Statue of Liberty but I knew I wasn't drawing it properly because I'm not an artist mm -hmm. you know because I, I gave it trousers and stuff like that only because it kind of looked weird not to have them so there's all that stuff bits uh, bits that I missed I've got these kind of weird tree things going on which doesn't seem to make any sense the kind of people worshipping it I did I, I like you felt it was a religious place um, or a place of worship but it uh, I yeah, I guess it, it, to some degrees it is, I guess, but not in that traditional sense. But, yeah, so so the bits I get would get wrong is the worship bit, but you could talk yourself into it. I've done that little, I've done a little moon shape, which I don't know what that's about, and I've done these kind of weird tree things. But, yeah, there's so much here that it's bizarre, bizarre. And well, I'll tell you the other thing is my plinth and your building – very similar shapes uh yeah yeah no they are they are and and i think what's interesting about my building was i felt like there was like i kept writing there's a tall bit and then there are subsequent decorative smaller bits which <laughs> you know that's not how you would describe it if you saw it but that is sort of blatantly like how it is yeah. Um and I'm I'm sort of struck with the fact that I wrote the word boats. Um and s s we we'd just taken a little bit of a break while we did all the um audio compression and everything that 
goes on behind the scenes on this podcast since we spoke to Daz. But um, I've looked up and apparently when in uh, 1886 the Statue of Liberty was unveiled, there was a nautical parade and hmm. there was uh, there is a, an oil painting called Unveiling the Statue of Liberty, Enlightening the World in 1886. Um by uh, an artist called uh, Edward Moran, uh, which you can find on the Wikipedia page for this. And the statue is pictured with boats all around it, and mm. uh, they're all they're all sailing in the sea around it. So, like, it's. I feel like it's one of those things. Everything we say about the paranormal is everything is tantalizingly close to being able to be a science or be a proof but um i i don't think there's anything we could take here and go to oxford university and say oh yeah (laughs) this is this is this is proof of psychic ability but on the other hand what daz was saying is like well i think his words were if if you were if we were working for a spy agency we'd we'd have given really good tips on where perhaps a terrorist attack might happen. Yeah. And so you kind of go, gosh, that's really amazing. And and like I said to him, like when I was drawing all that stuff, and it, I don't think it takes a leap of faith to say that it's the Statue of Liberty, but I didn't draw the Statue of Liberty. That is true. But I got a lot of the points as, well, you pretty much did draw it. But um, we clearly didn't draw the Great Barrier Reef. We clearly didn't draw the Houses of Parliament, the River Thames, London mm. Bridge, um, the Golden Gate Bridge, Alcatraz. And all of those things could have been on the list. Well, that that's what's interesting me because, you know, we knew it was going to be a familiar target. And I did, when I was doing this, try to put that completely out of my mind. Um, but even as you're describing big targets, I'm just seeing whether I could talk myself into, you know, I, c- I can't look at my picture and talk myself into the Leaning Tower of Pizza. I can't talk myself into Sydney Opera House or, you know what I mean? All, yep. I'm ju- I'm ju- all the Houses of Parliament, all the ones you've just mentioned. But the Statue of Liberty makes absolutely sense with the piece of paper that I'm looking at, which is just weird, weird. It is weird. Well, I... Yeah, and like I said, when when we did this kind of experiment between ourselves without Daz involved before all those episodes ago, mine, mine was just had some elements, but it was enough to kind of for me to write it off but i'm um but i was even discombobulated by that i'm completely discombobulated by this now yeah i think it's another like i said to daz it's another twist in our worldview yeah well like we said when we said daz we geez we're going to be we're going to be coming back to remote viewing at some point are we not oh absolutely i think i've got the bug now i don't really know where to go from here i think i'm gonna be asking my partner to <laughs> set me targets i don't know targets all over the place well i will we'll definitely be back with some 
remote viewing at a later stage, whatever that is. But um, once again, a big thank you for Daz for setting us that target and talking us through and giving in giving his time. And um, yeah, and, and we'll be more tidy and neat next time, Daz. Promise. So much tidier and neater. We we got told off a bit for that. Didn't we? <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame him. I like I write like a uh, yeah a, a terrible doctor. I yeah, just I just I, scroll everywhere. Yeah, I, I write like a spider on drugs. Yeah, right, um, right, right. Yeah, brilliant. Okay, well, uh, yeah, I think I might have to go and have a lie down. So I don't know about you, but um, yeah, I think I'm going to take the dog for a walk around the park and. Um, <sighs> I don't know, come to terms with the fact that uh, reality isn't as we experience it. That's going to be a hell of a walk. Um, <laughs> brilliant. Well, look, we'll see you next time on the Quantum Mechanics. Thanks <laughs> see for listening. See you next time. Quantum mechanics.